Hey everybody, welcome to this week in pre-IPO stocks podcast with me. I got Nick Fusco, CEO of 8View, a pre-IPO secondary market pricing company, and Judd Mackerel, co-founder of Mile Marker. It's a consultancy for wealth management firms and general partner at Mammoth, which is a health science and tech venture capital firm. Uh, Clint is uh, away with clients up in the mountains this week uh, with uh, with some of his folks. All right, so we got three topics today. One, we're going to do Air AI's new conversational sales product. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Elon Musk XAI launches and IPOs are starting up again. Okay. All right. So first of all, have you guys seen this Air AI um, like clip that th- this company published? I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to to watch it. I have. I wasn't terribly impressed. Oh, you weren't? No. Okay, I was impressed. I was. Judd, did you did you see it? What did you think? I I was traveling yesterday, so I only saw little blips of it with the little blue line on yeah. Twitter. I didn't have a chance. I had a car full of kids. I didn't have a chance to listen totally to it, get it, but totally it was the buzz. All right, so let me describe it to you because I'm sure other people haven't heard it. And then and then actually, Nick, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. And then Judd, I'll have some like pointed questions for you. But basically. This company, Air AI, has launched this new product that they're just rolling out. So it's like in beta right now. But it's a, it's effectively like a customer service or like a sales AI. They had an example on there where the, like Tesla was calling a customer and going through a process. The customer had visited the website. They were asking why they visited, series of questions back and forth. Then they like kind of the AI did like a pitch, like, hey, why don't you come in to the dealership for a meeting and we'll like set the thing. It was it was all like very interesting, right? I was like blown away. And probably because I'm like an old sales guy, right? So I remember doing like a hundred dials a day and be like, oh, this computer's doing this now, right? So so but Nick, like what like so what did you think? Like what you said you weren't impressed. I'm interested for your opinion. Good. You hear that long pause in between us? <laughs> that, that awkward silence is exactly what's going on in this air demo. You're right. So You're right. every every time there was a dispute or a question being asked, there's a big long pause, a, a big delay in the conversation. And it was abundantly clear that this was a, a robot speaking to you, just like when you get the teledialers that are hitting you up and it goes blip. You hear this blip in the background. And then they're asking you about Medicare. They're asking you about any of these other things. I, I think it's a step in the right direction in a way. Right. But also, I mean, I, I really loved one of my old manager's feedbacks on the, the sales desk of one of the companies I was at. He just said, I love sales because we're never going to get automated away. So this is trying to do that. But I don't think it completely understands everything that you can get from it. Sure. There are there are other tools that will be able to, to help you with that. You, right. You know, for like dispute resolution, you can pick up on tone of voice. There are companies that automate that. There are companies that uh, have trigger words. It's almost like a manager can be called in or listening to the call when they say, I'm frustrated or things uh, of that nature. But this just seemed to be a, a clunky dispute resolution. Just almost Fair like a, the same thing when you're on uh, the Bank of America website and you ask, how can I order new checks? You see yes. the three little red dots? or It's just more of that is what I feel. I don't think it it feels like a, a natural conversation. There was definitely there was definitely a latency. Although I, ha- I do have to say, I did used to work with this guy who talked like that. And he was not a computer, <laughs> right? Um, he would have long pauses. Yeah. And those were back in the day when there was no video calls. So you're, you're like, 
is he still there? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. But, but so, all right, right. So, Chuck, like, so you help advisors, like you, you got, you have this at consultancy firm. You help advisors think mm-hmm. about their tech stack and, and all that. I mean, are you talking with advisors about, I mean, some of this AI stuff I hear for advisors is coming in. Have, have you thought, talked about any on the customer service oh, side or the, yeah. What do you think? Definitely. I mean, I think there's, there's real uses for understanding information about, about what you already know or looking at scenarios. Um, advisors are really, you know, they have to be careful here not to expose their data or their client's data to anything in a public LLM. Right. Um, most people don't have, you know, the means to really properly stitch it together. We kind of, we do more and more of that stuff. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting just to be thinking about it, but like, you know, the skills that are in wealth management are, you know, they're soft skills. They are really built around personalization at a different level. And as soon as this stuff gets more automated, we will just elevate our expectations right. and advisors will be doing, you know, more and more higher and best use sort of work on top of the, the technology we have. Um, you know, the, the scenario this takes me to is like, at what point are we going to have the robots selling other robots and sure. humans just leave the room, you know, yeah. and, and at which right. point, I don't know, there's, there's a certain beauty to like the sale, uh, the whole experience of it is, is kind of fun. And you want to work with people that actually do the work to yeah. sell you and to care and to customize. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. you're buying things that don't really matter. Um, yeah, so I could I could get selling widgets with AI, you know, selling widgets to people that love widgets. That's great, yeah. but I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. But I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not fully against it. I'm not fully for it. I think that it's uh, part of the evolution. Yeah, like the um, like the, the yeah. human phone call could be the equivalent to a handwritten note. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is this sure you? Right. Verify your your actual <laughs> humanity. Right. That's right. Well, look, I mean, I will say this. So like, I, you know, I was in asset management sales forever, like selling to advisors. Right. And, you know, there was like this little, maybe a little old school, but there were like inside sales reps and then like outside sales reps and the inside sales reps were like on a desk making dials all day long. You know what I mean? Like the same pitch all the time. No what people hanging up on you, telling you not to call you back, like the whole thing. Uh, I mean, the idea like I remember I used to call like a hundred people, 120 people a day and get hung up on a hundred and five times. Right. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So like the idea that an AI could do all those dials for me and then somehow like, like connect me in when they actually got a real person on the phone, like that's to mm-hmm. me pretty right. pow- powerful. Right. So if you, if we go in that direction, I think the fatigue will be substantially higher for the recipient. So if you got 15 of 120 with your stat right there and and you're you're pulling it out, it's going to be down to two out of 120, but nobody's going to care because you're just going to have infinite folks to, to call. Yeah. It's kind of like email marketing. Is that your point, Nick? It's like email marketing. Like everyone's getting inundated with emails. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's hard to trudge through it. And, And I hang up, a lot faster now when I get robo dialed than I did three years ago. And then I did six years ago. Right. Yeah. So I think yeah. that fatigue is going to kick in and just be brutal. And I think air is interesting because they've not positioned themselves as selling widgets. They've positioned themselves as, as like high profile, high ticket items, right? Because they want to kind of come across as the, the AI of choice. Right. Well, so, what's interesting yeah. though, to judge point though, too, like I could see, I could see, 
you know, it's like a volume game, right? So, you know, if you're just doing the math, you're like, look, I need this revenue. And if I can do something higher, that's better. But like, there could be a lot of collateral damage because you got an AI talking to somebody that, and it's just not, it's not working and it's bad on the brand and it's a bad experience. And But you might do more sales, right? Because you just got the things doing a million or 2 million outbound calls where you're only right. able to do maybe 10,000 or a hundred thousand with your sales team before, right? So you're doing more business, but you're like leaving a crazy wake behind you, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where all this plays out. I mean, I mean, I know when I worked at this like, you know, tech company, uh, payments tech company, to Judd's point, like we had an AI that was uh, fighting fraud. And there were other AIs that were fighting us. It was like the battle of the AI, like whose AI was better to see if they were actually going to get through and like steal money or not. Right. So I can see that happening like in sales and, and all other yeah. customers. There was like all other forms of engagement. But uh uh, I mean, like, look, selfishly, I'm trying to pay my United Healthcare uh, premium for a new insurance plan right now, and I wish I could have an AI that I could just set off on the United Healthcare people because I've had like 10 hours on the phone with him over the yeah. last, uh, you know, two weeks saying the same yeah. thing over and over again. So, and, yeah. and you know, I would take it as an, uh, to pick up the phone for me. You know, I would want somebody mm-hmm. to screen my calls. Yeah, AI in that use case, way better than the outbound. Way better because, now, because we're just. <laughs> We're reducing the amount of noise for ourselves instead of pr- yes. like, supplying additional but noise not to the world. When I call, right, Nick? Not when I call. A- every right? damn time. <laughs> this guy, route him right in. in, in my, just, you're in my favorites <laughs> list. I just don't answer. I don't answer my phone anymore, guys. True. Like, true. Like true. that's the thing. Was like you texted me about this. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, if you would have called me, I would have had you my you know caller ID or whatever. I'd answer it, but like. I just don't answer my phone anymore if it's an odd number. I like once the you know spam or uh, you know fraudulent notice comes in my iPhone or whatever, like potentially you know uh, whatever. It I just don't answer it. And yes. if it matters, they leave a voicemail, and I might listen to my voicemail. I probably don't listen to most of my voicemails because most of them are still spam. And it's so true. It's true. It's going to be interesting. I I really think the FTC is just going to be ready to to like go after this because like they have to protect consumers and this is going to lead to just you know more of the same that they've regulated over the past however many years um that they just can't do this at least on maybe b2b like it's just different um but b2c is where it's going to get abused and yes um and that needs to be regulated well, I will say this, being a business owner, okay, there will be a period of time where it's like free game and it's going to work in a big way. So I, I'm not going to lie mm-hmm. to you. Like I For am, sure. I am like, there is going to be a 12 to 18 month period of time. That's my estimate, right? Where this is going to be a game changer for people who are like early adopters. And to Nick's point, where like the tech actually like like works. It's not like, you know, long pauses in between interactions. So like when those two things converge, there's going to be like some period of time where, you know, like in our, like, like I sell to advisors, right? I guarantee most advisors won't have an AI answering the call. Right. So yeah, yeah, they're they're broker dealer won't let them do it. Yeah. I could turn this loose on advisors and call every advisor, you know, Mm -hmm. whenever, however frequently it would make sense with whatever message I wanted to communicate. And that would work for probably some period of time before people, caught on that they were talking to an AI. <laughs> I do think <laughs> I do think with all the adoption stuff that's happened over the past 
year, nine months or whatever, where where like the paradigm's been completely redefined. I think that 12 to 18 months that you and I, the three of us used to experience and, and enjoy and profit off of is yes. like 12 to 18 weeks that max. That might be unfortunately. true. Okay. Perfect segue into the next topic. This is great. Okay, so AI, com- Musk announces his new AI company, XAI, okay? So that's out there in the universe now. So these things are popping up all over the place, right? So, so Nick, here's one that's close to home, right? Are you seeing any of these AI companies starting to trade on the secondary market? Like I, I was in APU last night. I saw there were like a handful in there that are that prices are starting to come through. Like OpenAI was in there, right? I saw that right. one. That's right. right. But are you seeing like interest and demand kind of out in the secondary now for some of these AI companies that are popping through? Absolutely. So it, it's funny because we've seen a lot of the blockchain names kind of disappear and wane. And that was maybe a not a fad, but a trend that was less supportive uh, now than it is uh, than it was a year ago, mm-hmm. and it's being replaced by a lot of these AI companies. So they're they're coming in uh, thick and fast, and we are seeing them kind of trending in a positive direction, which, yeah. which is interesting. And we just started getting a, a bit, not enough to substantiate pricing yet, but on XAI from Musk. So oh, really? I, yeah, oh, so interesting. I, I think it will. Yeah, especially for you. You love watching everything that he's doing. Yeah. So next week or the week after, if we could start getting some uh, some composite pricing in there, it'll be interesting, right? Oh, that is interesting. But very yeah, cool. I think AI is is the new flavor that we're going to see more uh, companies being priced on in the Got secondary it. market. For so sure. cri- crypto NFTs out, AI in, right? Uh, we, kind of in the secondary. Place. A big pop in Ripple recently, just because yeah. of uh, some approvals with the SEC or acceptance from the SEC. But yeah. aside from from that, yeah, most most things are turning away from blockchain and more towards AI. Okay, um, so so Judd, it, it kind of begs the question. And so, like, some of these these companies are coming. They're they're getting some nice valuations out there, right? Um, a lot of them are young or newer businesses. But like, how do you think about this space? Like, are are you are you, are there certain? Do you think there's going to be certain winners? Is it going to be like kind of a Apple, Google, Apple App Store, Google, you know, Play Store, and then a whole bunch of apps on top? So like you know, two or three big winners, and then there's some other people that are sprinkled on top that kind of come and go. Or like, how do you think this is going to shake out for AI? This is definitely not investment advice, but I okay. would always correlate to where the blue chip LPs are on this mm. thing. And that's where that's where OpenAI stands out because of all the Microsoft interests, if nothing else. Um, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of you know churn in this market, um, just like everything else, but there will be for real winners. OpenAI is clearly has has a superiority around that in my in my opinion without looking at at Nick's data in particular. I'm sure it's going to yeah. tell some really interesting stories. Yeah, so I mean I I think that like my two cents on this is I think the big cloud providers, they got a massive competitive advantage, right? And and like to your point, Judd, like folks that folks that align AI companies that align with those big providers, you know, like OpenAI is with Microsoft Azure, you know, Google's got their own, Oracle has Cohere, which is a company out of Canada. So like, you know, they're starting, you know, Amazon's I think gonna do their own, but it looks like they're maybe open to partnering with people too. So like that that could be those that kind of get the blessing with, from a strategic partnership perspective, I think certainly are gonna are gonna are gonna be interesting like platforms for people to build up, especially enterprises, right? Enterprises that yeah. build off those platforms because they're like kind of like seamlessly integrated into those cloud platforms. But well, well I, I think you're gonna have a a ton of walled gardens here 
right? Mm. And that's that's where I think you're, you're probably nailing it. It's going to be AWS, Google, maybe a little bit of Oracle and Microsoft. Right. But look look at what um, what Elon Musk did with XAI, and he's really saying I don't want any part. I think since 2018 with OpenAI, I'm going to make my own. And now they had a two million dollar agreement OpenAI with Twitter that he's yeah. completely severed. And I think this walled garden approach is going to be really important because Microsoft has access to LinkedIn, so Activision, which is oh, you're talking about data, like access data. to the data, yeah. right, yeah. right, 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 right. Because gotcha. that's what's going to power gotcha. this up. Gotcha. One, one monster that they also have at Microsoft is GitHub, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to write some code, to have access to that is incredible. Yeah, they that is incredible. A two billion dollar investment from London Stock Exchange Group. Right. So I feel as though everybody's going to be hoarding their own data and not allowing it to share across any of any of these major AI platforms because that's how they're all going to get powered up. So with with Twitter and X, you're going to have a lot of like public sentiment that no one else is going to get the same way, you know? Um, and depending on how Google approaches it, maybe they can have some, but I'm sure Facebook can have a lot more with some of their products. So right. everyone's going to have an old, their own niches and nobody's going to want to be sharing any of this content across platform. Yeah. yeah so I think that, pri- privacy rules are going to go outrageous on this stuff. That is really interesting. Yeah. 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 This is going to be, this is going to be, you know, like as an investor, you think about this stuff. I, you know, Clint talks about these like picks and shovels approach. Like you, and that when the, this type of stuff's going on, you want the, like the blocking attack. To me, that's like the cloud provider. It's kind of like the data providers, Nick, to your point, like the, Judge, to your point, kind of like these, you know, like big platforms, I, you know, that, that seems like right now to be the place. Like, it, I will say some of the sexy things that are coming up are like Air AI. Like, you know, Air is not using their own AI. Right. right. If they, or they're probably using somebody else's data, somebody else's cloud platform, and maybe they're building their own models, right? Or they might be stitching it together from a whole bunch of other different companies, you know, through APIs and whatnot to kind of deliver a solution. So, you know, like someone could replace that, yeah, pretty easily, yeah. right? So, like, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But I, I mean, if you got to put chips on the table, I think those areas that we discussed that I think are are most interesting, right? Uh, at least yeah. in my opinion. But okay, let's switch gears real quick to to IPOs. IPOs are like starting to happen again, right? So, like, Cava went this year. Uh, Kenview was a spinoff of J and J. That's like a lot of their kind of more like retail brands they popped in there and that did really well that was a big one but spin off but still kind of like oversubscribed but like arm there's discord uh instacart ratted databricks stripe i mean all these guys have been kind of buzzed toro's out there right now that's a kind of like that car rental shop right they're out there right now with the bankers uh, and they're kicking tires on it and then uh, sam altman just announced this week who's the uh, you know founder of open ai that his spac he's got a spac everyone has one that th- that his own fission nuclear company, they were going to do a, mer- a merger, right? Reverse merger and uh, and have that company go public. So the question is, and what I'm interested in is we still see these kind of like depressed prices, I think, in the secondary market, right? For a lot of the venture capital companies that are out there. So last primary round was really high. Secondary market price is much, much, much below. And that's not true for all. Like Epic Games that came out, Klarna came out. So some of them kind of repriced down back into the primary. But do you guys think 
Because there's a lot of people I'm talking to are like, IPO market's picking up. Like, do you guys think that before this stuff starts to go, that they're going to have to do like another primary round, these companies, to like kind of reset the, 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 the price of the business before they go public? Or do you think they're just going to take them and, you know, if it's a... If it's a stripe that was at fifty billion dollars, right? That they just did with this last round through Goldman, that like everybody got the phone call, right? I, I mean, I talked to a ton of people, Goldman private wealth advisors calling individual people saying, "Hey, do you want an allocation? Like, are they going to have to reprice lower again, or can they just go to market and say, "Hey, we're going to go at fifty and people will buy it"? Any strong yeah. opinions there? <clears throat> Man, it's a timing exercise, right? Like, you know, I think that's that's really it. Like, how how's the market going to handle the next quarter? Um, and if it's gonna if it's gonna stay on trend with at least the last 90, 120 days, then I don't know if I'm going to need to raise. But like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's going to be checking their cash um, by the second um, in terms right. of like where they need to be. And then I think they have a. I, I would probably, if I was Stripe, you know, I'd have a team on standby to like go and raise the money. Uh, have it committed if it's going to be available. Um, and then, you know, if the market holds up, then we, we file with, I'm not sure how much time it takes. That's not my expertise. Like, you yeah. know, once I say, Hey, let's go, let's list. The S1 and all that. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. how much time that truly takes uh, to do that. But I, I got to imagine it's just this like really tight tension uh, in this next, probably next four or five months uh, right. for most of that list of companies. Right. I mean, Nick, you, you like live in the, you like live with this data, right? And I know you, you and I had had a conversation some time ago about like what happens as a company gets closer to IPO. I mean, like you seeing anything through the numbers there or just in your conversations with folks that might be interesting for us to think about? Sure. I, I don't think we've seen enough activity, but I, I liked your comment on Stripe and I liked your comment on, uh, on Klarna. Like those, those companies now priced down made it very clear to the public uh, that those those are recent valuations. And now if they went uh, public, I think they're both up since those those rounds. That's that's a good look, I would say. I think coming so, in, yeah. Coming into it. Um, would, if if I was at Klarna or similar and didn't take that down round, would I take a down round and then go IPO right after? That's something I, I don't, I don't know how I, w- I would approach but I, I would say, yeah, Judd's probably right on the, the timing issue. Maybe you want to smooth it out and do a small round prior and give, uh, I don't know, give a favorite position to a few funds that you really want to hold it, moving yeah. over to your big asset managers, your 40X, things of that nature, allowing right. some liquidity to the later stage VCs that are involved, because that's a big issue that, that we're hearing is when a VC wants to come into an IPO and let go of their holdings, Oftentimes it's pretty damn hard because there's not still not enough liquidity and they're just holding these public funds that their investors, their LPs never really signed up for. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. Maybe there is a world that that works very, very well. Um, we haven't had enough data to show it though. We haven't had enough IPOs, you know, to beyond Kava and uh, hopefully we'll start to see some things happen with, with Reddit, but even yeah. there uh, and discord and the others, even there, their pricing range was something like 10 to 15 billion. We're seeing it priced below that in the secondary market already. Oh, yeah. So I'm, uh, I, yeah, I'm super curious to, well, to see I how they want to play it. I mean, I wouldn't want to be one of these bankers, especially if you had a company like, I don't know, you take a company at like, 
I'm trying to think of why. Like, you know, Databricks, Databricks, I don't think has done another round, but they came down on their 409A like pretty substantially. But like if you're a banker and now you're out there and you got this last primary round, right?